1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. In 1877. The earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory. At the top of what it created all those years ago. This is a 77 club. Well, it feels like we've been away forever, but we've got European football to be talking about, especially after a big draw this week, which Wolves weren't actually part of. But we know that the winner of a particular tie will be facing Wolves in the Europa League this season. Incredibly exciting time. We also chat about the transfer window, maybe a lack of activity there, and also what we're looking forward to this season. How many predictions are we going to get right? We're Wolves, eh, we? Hello and welcome to episode 77 of the 77 Club. We thought we'd do something special and then it didn't work, so we're just <laughs> going to do it like it was episode 76. Uh, Harry, we'll start with the socials because we need a bit of a refresher after five weeks. Yeah, the Wolves 77 Club on Facebook and Instagram, at 77 Club Podcast on Twitter, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts, please rate and subscribe. It's been a while. You're the, uh, yes, it has. You're the pundits are Dan Bayliss. Hello, Wolves fans. And Jack Williams. Hello there, everybody. So big, huge news this week. Taylor Swift and Katy Perry put aside their differences and they're friends again. So isn't that fantastic news? Also, uh, we have some European news from a Wolves perspective. And Harry, before we just get into the details of all of that, what was your emotion just building up 
to it actually happening, that first round draw that Wolves weren't even a part of? Yeah, well, on today I downloaded the app and then just seeing... And another thing for me, just with this build-up to the Europa League thing, you know, on Sky Sports when it switches in the top right corner and it shows how the season's finished. And still, I couldn't get my head around the fact that we were in that little slot under the Europa League with like Arsenal and... Uh, was it Chelsea? Who were we in there? Arsenal and Man U? Man United. And uh, it just don't make sense, does it? It's still uh, sinking in, but it was very exciting. Waiting for the draw today, even if it was boring to watch. It was weird. Sat at work today with <laughs> news about Wolves coming down through, which was fantastic. Jack... For you, obviously, we're, we're part of that generation that isn't used to European football being played at Molyneux, and it will be. Yeah, I mean, I said a few years ago, I think I've said this before, but when we were in the sort of the depths, I'd say depths of League One, I always used to say that when we had the conversation, what would you want to see, you know, Wolves do in your lifetime? And I always said, I want them to see them play in Europe. I don't care what competition or how. And honestly, at that point, I never, never saw it coming. And especially not this quick. You know, it might have happened a few years down the line, but to turn it around like that in, you know, five, six years really is just, just incredible, really. So, yeah, I, I still think it hasn't quite sunk in yet. Hasn't quite sunk in. Um, and even, you know, when they were doing the draw, I don't know about you guys, but I was trying to just listen to it from my headphones at work. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> not, not, not a clue. They were drawing out they were drawing out numbers and then another number and then they read out some fixtures. And from, and yeah, so I've got no idea. From what, what I was can going tell, on. can what from what I can tell is they had a pot of balls up to about twenty. They drew out two numbers threw them away and then named four teams <laughs> as whatever the draw was. Um, Bayliss, I know you took a, an interest in the European draw. You obviously sat around with all your mates ticking off everywhere. You've been skiing with them before. And <laughs> obviously that was a huge no, part of that for you. But just We only go, to, we only go to France. We don't slum it anywhere else. Mate. No, no, of course not. Um, it was brilliant. It's just one of those sort of, like Jack said, I don't think it's sunk in properly. I'm just really, I'm more excited for this, this this like chance that we've now got than I probably was for the FA Cup semi-final, which I know sounds mad because I'd love the FA Cup too, but this is like a, a whole new frontier of football for us. And fair enough, we probably didn't get the glamour tie that we wanted now, but given who we have been drawn against, it's there down the line. And some of the teams that we've seen been drawn today, imagine a trip away to Roma or somewhere like that. It'd be class. It's one of two sides. One is Crusaders or... B36 Torshan, which I, I think I have pronounced that right because I did Google it and unless someone on YouTube is mugging me off, which is impossible, uh, then it's one of those two. So out of the two, Harry, a trip to Northern Ireland, it's, it's not too far. It's not quite a crusade. Yeah, well, I think that is the one everyone wants, but I've just been doing a little bit of research just and it, obviously the capacity, 3,000 odd. The other tie, B36, is 5,000. So... I mean, it's exciting, but it'd be much more exciting, hopefully, fingers crossed, in the next few rounds, if we do go to one of the big boys and take a load of Wolves fans, whether they got tickets or not. Will Wolves fans go to Northern Ireland without a ticket? That's the question. I, I think they will, to be honest. I think there's already people who, by the looks of it, have taken the gamble that the um, Crusaders are going to beat the, the B-52s, or whatever they're called, and... <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, get through where they've already booked accommodation and people are already on Facebook asking about tickets. But if you think about, you know, a 10% capacity, 10% of 3,000 is 300. So even like the gold season ticket holders, that means, you know, two thirds of them are going to struggle to get a ticket mm. anyway. So Didn't know you were capacity... good at maths, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so like the capacity is going to be an issue here and it's all that excitement build up and then suddenly you realise either we're going to be playing in the Fair Islands or 
there's a situation where you might not be able to get a ticket anyway. But at first I was thinking, I was on the sort of on the fence and sort of, okay, maybe, you know, we should beat whoever we get, uh, whoever gets through here, save it for the next round when hopefully we get a better, bigger team with a bigger allocation. But now, you know, a night out in, in Northern Ireland with a load of Wolves fans, even if I don't have a ticket, sounds very, very appealing. So I don't know. Yeah, well, there's some interesting... I had a look instantly just straight after the draw came out. Skyscanner, Manchester Airport, £28 return tickets, fly out on the Wednesday, come back on the Friday. Let's see how much they are in a week's time when it's all confirmed. Oh, yeah. Because mm. I bet they absolutely skyrocket. Do we know who's favourites between the two? I think Crusaders are the better team, aren't they? So that's the most likely yeah. game. I mean, when you think about the Faroe Islands national team, I can't imagine their, their standard of football, given this isn't the league winners either. This is their cup winning team. So they won the Pharaoh Icelandic Cup and therefore came in at this stage. So oh, I God. wouldn't have thought they're, they're world beaters, considering, you know, the size of the islands and the population, to be well, honest. Well, let's put it this way. B36, their European record goes like this. Four wins, 10 draws and 32 losses Oof. from four to six games. And they scored 34 goals Concede 106. So Bayless is certainly an opportunity if we play those, which I know we've just said it, it is unlikely, but it's a chance to um, to sort of grow into the competition. But as I well. do imagine they've always been drawn against a big team that didn't they have Besiktas last year, and they got done eight nil on aggregate, which you know Besiktas are a, yeah. a big club from Turkey. So playing against a smaller team from Northern Ireland, at least they might have a chance. So they might really be going for it to then get a tie where they come to Molyneux in front of thirty two thousand. So I don't think there'll be 32,000 there for that one on a Thursday night. I don't think so, Dan. I think that's it will. It's optimistic. Bit of excitement, isn't it? First home game in the Europa League for, what is it, 39 years since we were last in the Europa League? Way before we were even born. Not yet. I'm going to say there'll be 30,000 there. I think it'll be a big attendance. I think, I think it, it'll be shocked. Actually, maybe, maybe. If it's like £10 a ticket or something, it could be like, I suppose because we're not having a home friendly, this is going to be like our home friendly, isn't it, this first game? Um, mm. So yeah, I've actually always really, really wanted to go to the Faroe Islands. So really? Yeah, What's he likes that? killing whales, doesn't he? Oh God, it's very, very beautiful. It's, it's like never, I've, I can't even picture it. Like I can't even think what it's like or anything. I've never thought about going there. Lots of lots of sand and pyramids. Oh, there we go then. <laughs> oh, classic. So now we've obviously gone through the teams that we might have, but we definitely will have one of them. If we go into those ties, when you look who had qualified for the Europa League this season. Those are the ones that you say, I actually really, really want to go there. I'll start with you, Harry. I wanted that team that was in Cyprus. That was my bit because they had a four. I forget the name of them, but they had a 14,000 capacity, didn't they? So I did that as well. Oh, mate. Yeah. So out of the whole draw, that's what I wanted. The Malta draw, they were another ground that was like 3,000. I forget the team. Forgive me because they're all like made up names, aren't they? But yeah, the Cyprus one, (laughs) 14,000. We'd have have got, we'd have probably got about 3,000 away for that. And even if I didn't get a ticket a few days in Cyprus, Get me speedos on, you know what I mean? Bit of sun cream, that'd have been a great one, that. But one thing they did say, apparently in Malta, if it's a big game, they move it to the National Stadium, which holds 17,000. Ah, damn, that'd have been good. Mm. I think Malta was the one, wasn't it? You know, glorious sunshine on a nice little Either of those two, like I was saying saying to people at work, yeah, Malta or Cyprus would be perfect. They end up with bloody Northern Ireland or the Faroe Islands. (laughs) So, yeah, it will get better. I did my research on this, right? There's one team in Kazakhstan which is something like a five and a half hour flight and then either a nine hour drive or four days by yak and cart. It's literally like... <laughs> That's their Uber, isn't it? It I is think. the middle of nowhere. Like, isn't that is? It, it's just ridiculous. So if the teams we didn't get 
if they win, say a few of them win, are we likely to get them or is it completely all up in the air again for the next round? Is it reseeded? It's reseeded again. So I think we're very likely to still be seeded again in this next round. So we'll get another... And so we'll get another, you know, on paper, easier time. Ah, no, I so- think the opposite, Jack. I think because teams automatically go in at the third stage, they're seeded above us and we're a second round qualifier. Ah, so yeah. I actually sense. think we're seeded lower than what you think. No, because it's all done regardless on the UEFA club coefficients. So whatever that is in, in, retros- in retrospect. Oh, it's that decimal so- place number you've got at the side of your thing. Yes, so it's done on that. So I'm glad they make the, it really easy when they do these competitions. So, so regardless, of who's, it? regardless of who makes it into the third qualifying round, the top half, I assume, will be seeded and the other half won't be seeded. And then once you get into the next round, which is the, the playoff round for a qualification to the group stage, that is when there's no seeding. I think they just draw them out of hat. So that's when you can get a big gun. That's when you can get a Roma or a whoever else is in there. How much would you pay for tickets? I mean, we were talking about that for the FA Cup and obviously when there were only, what, 30-odd thousand tickets available for the semi-final and you still had people saying, oh, I'm not going to be able to go, etc. I went to Chorley. Is there a ceiling? I imagine that there is for everybody here that's that's, that's a genuine one. I mean, I know we all say, oh, I'd sell a ticket for 100 grand or something, but everyone's got their price, so I may as well start with the money, man, Dan. I think if it was a genuine great, if you said you, you're going to go to Rome for a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, watch your team play against Roma, you've got to be looking 500 quid plus, haven't you? You're going to be. You're going to be realistically 200 quid for your flights. What do you mean? I mean the whole trip, not the ticket. Yeah, whole trip, whole trip. Yeah. I mean, tickets is going to be a case of... Yeah, but how much would you be willing? To, say if you couldn't get a ticket, Dan, Roma away. If someone like, oh, I've got a ticket available, but they're a right little uh, crafty one. How much would you like? pay like a grand or something like that or is that too no, much it'd only be a couple hundred quid because it's going to cost so much to get there and stay there and have your beers and you know it's going to be one hell of a trip if we do do one of them we're going to be it's, we're going to be paying a lot of money for it i think it's more about the atmosphere as well though yeah. because you need oh, to think yeah. about was it fc clone uh clone when they uh played arsenal in the europa league oh last they, season, they, they tore they up like ten thousand didn't yeah they? it was yeah. class so we could do a similar thing to that going back to the uh so, were you asking about a ticket for the away leg in Northern Ireland, Sam? Potentially? No, no, I'm saying or just the, in general the, for those big glamorized. Yeah, that's the, it's so we're going to attract. The- so, obviously, the next round's probably going to be another Mickey Mouse team, but that one just before the group <laughs> stage, it's going to be that's if it's thing, someone yeah. like a Roma or you know a big one like that, then that is going to be meltdown on Twitter. Everyone really trying to get a ticket. I reckon a lot of people are holding out for that sort of round. Because even if we don't get tickets, lads, think how good it would be just to go travel with thousands of Wolves fans and if they set up a square or something, if they know a lot of us are coming. Yeah, and- it'd, it'd be that real nuts one. Like imagine if a real stupid one, say we drew the team from Gibraltar and then there's literally Gibraltar is a square with a load of pubs around it. Imagine yeah. that being just chocked for the Wolves fans. It'd be absolutely insane. I'll br- I hate to break it to you, they'll be out by then, Gibraltar. Do <laughs> <laughs> so you think they'll have more than one Budweiser tent like Wembley? Yeah. <laughs> and three port toilets. Yeah, that's true. My um, um my oh dream my ground to go to is the San Siro. So when can we get them? Are, are they in the group already? Have we got to get to the groups to get to AC Milan and that? Yeah, they're in the group stages, but we could draw yeah. them in the group stages. That would be class. Uh, this is the uh, thing now because most Wolves fans are probably in the same position. We all can't afford to do every away no. game, particularly mm. when they're on a Thursday and you're going to have to use work holiday. So there's the expense issue there. There's a holiday issue there, and we've got to make the choice as 
using that money and holiday to go to the early rounds or holding out as long as possible knowing there's a chance we could get a massive tie further down the line so this, and so, but also on the counter of that we could be knocked out by crusaders couldn't we so you're right it is that gamble but there's a cut off isn't there in the europa league where it sort of does up to october and then it starts again in january february and a lot of people's annual leave is christmas isn't yeah. it but so, the, the group the group stage will all be done before Christmas. Yeah, you've still got to be really clever about your if you want to go or not. Who has a, a favoured country in terms of where you would go for European competition? I know we keep sort of harking back to to those glamour ties, but is there a country that sort of I don't know, fascinates you in terms of football heritage? I mean, for for me, it would probably be Italy. Obviously, growing up largely in the nineties and the the power of Italian football back then. But Harry, what what for you in terms of a European country does it for you? Yeah, well, obviously I mentioned AC Milan a minute ago, so that country, to be honest, um... which is which is, <laughs> which is where <laughs> I love the San Siro, wherever the that is. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know where Roma is? Italy. <laughs> yeah, sorry, it, I went blank as I was answering the question. No, I ain't that thick. Yeah, but there, but also I'll tell you, what I'd love, like, say, this is really going dreamland now. My actual dream is to have like um, PSV away with Wolves. Ooh. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, that's I mean, show. what a place to go to, like Holland. Or, it, there's obviously there's, there is some Dutch clubs in the Europa League, aren't there? But uh, I like Amsterdam. Bayless is the one that sticks out for you. I would love to see Wolves play Honved. Yeah, that's a, just uh, because of the history behind it. Yeah, sure. Budapest, I went there recently, is one of the coolest cities I've ever been to. It's class as well. Belgrade, if we got Partizan or Red Star, because that is one hell of a city. That's um, an intimidating all, ground as well, isn't it, Red Star? Oh, brilliant. Just the atmosphere they create at football. Also, Portugal, if we got a Portugal uh, yeah. or a Sporting Oh, Lisbon, God, yes. That'd be really Bloody tasty. I was going to say Portugal would be brilliant. But any any like big... When you think about the uh, you know the big footballing countries in Europe, so a German team away, a decent-sized Spanish team away, I think it'd be brilliant as well. So either, either of those two. Portugal would have a bit of zest to it. Or going back to what the guys said earlier, like a nice holiday destination, like a Cyprus or a Malta would be would be brilliant. I've always really fancied Scandinavia myself as well. But then again, so you've got the problem of expense and allocation, but that's just me thinking from a personal holiday point of view. So it'd be nice to go to some place I've never been before. Some, the Spanish league have got Getafe, Sevilla and Espanyol who have qualified directly for the Europa League. But obviously, Espanyol, you, Espanyol you, yeah. Is that Barcelona? Is that, it, well, yeah. You, yeah. you know, depending on who falls out, I mean, I, I doubt uh, the, the top four from, this, from La Liga will fall down, but it would be Barcelona, Atletico, Real Madrid and uh, Valencia in there too. But if I just look at the, um, the Portuguese league and <clears throat> you've got Lisbon in there, obviously a, a huge tie for what would be a lot of our Portuguese players going there, sport, supporting Braga and uh, Vitoria Guamares as well. So lots of interesting ties in there. But if we move away from the Europa League now, and we'll just move on to things that have been going on or haven't been going on for the club through this transfer window, you wouldn't know it was an open window, would you, Harry? Only players departing by the looks of things. Courtney Horst moving to Aston Villa. I think it was a £3 million fee. He's gone in on a permanent deal, having been there. Uh, on loan and the, the latest one is Helder Costa yeah well he's followed Leeds hasn't he on Instagram and you mentioned there it feels like a closed window it does a bit because this time last year like the time hot things on Facebook we were getting in Patricio we were getting in Jimenez weren't we on loan we were really um, you know making moves last this time last year and it seems to be not much is going on now I know a few fans are panicking and me myself every time there's an update by Wolves I'm thinking here we go something's coming here but it hasn't and uh, I think they've got a Start doing something soon. So obviously we've got this big preseason tour coming, and then we go straight into the Europa League qualifying. So we've got to get the players in. 
Bayless? I do sort of think, though, now we've got our core squad and we know we're the quality we need, it's only about picking up one or two players. We aren't doing that rebuilding job where he needed a team that he had to mould over that summer period again mm. and get them into football. But when we do, I think I think we'll still make two or three signings, but they're going to be big ticket jobs. Jack, you were saying that before we started recording, the fact that, hell, the Costa is moving on, you're not too bothered about it because I think we said if you had to get rid of Caviero or Costa, we I think we most of us said Costa. So the fact that he looks like he's moving to Leeds isn't a bad thing, but you said that move would be likely to be the domino effect then of, of that transfer window merry-go-round. I will stress at the moment it is still an if on the Costa thing. We're just sort of putting two and two together. There's nothing confirmed, but... If we did start to move players on, obviously we have already moved Courtney Horse on. And if we did start those fringe players, Costa or Cavallero, there were whispers around. It would be a sign to me that we are going to bring in players imminently or bring in better quality players. So, but it's just every there's been very little movement any on anything really. Well, you think we've got to actually play a first competitive game now in Europa League in a month's time? We haven't even got a kit. So, I don't know. pants and vest pants and vest like at school yeah so but yeah uh, I wouldn't be particularly bothered no disrespect or anything to Helder Costries you know he's been great for us at times particularly um, you know when we were in the championship and needed him when he was our standout player but I think a move might, might also be good for him to be honest especially if he does go to Leeds and the same with Cavalieri and Truore. I don't think I'd be particularly bothered if, if any of those three moved on. Again, no disrespect to any of them individually, but if it's a sign that we can bring in better and need to bring in better, then great. But as said before, if we're going to have a, these fixtures coming up thick and fast, particularly in the Europa League, we need a bigger squad. So I'd be looking to to hold on to these players, you know, with with the uh, with the back of the mind thinking that these can be players who feature in the Europa League, particularly in those early rounds, just to get for us, just just to get us through. I've completely forgotten about the kit aspects of that, but yeah. I mean, pants and vests are fine at school. I mean, it was maths, but never mind. Okay. Bayless, a new sponsor as well. Good bit of cash coming to the club. It's a good bit of cash. It's one hell of an ugly sponsor. <laughs> yes. Um, Isn't it? We're going to look like the Newcastle Palace that they had over the last couple of years. It is yeah. really, really garish. I don't, I'm not a fan I don't know. That. Some of the concept kits that people have been making online, there's some decent ones floating about, but it is a bit naff, but it should be right. Also, on the transfers, I mean, what happened to like, the Rondon rumour? That was rife, wasn't it, towards the end, just after like, the Champions League and that. Rondon was on that, and then it just goes quiet, like... I heard stuff about um, the fee being too much, rumours flying mm. around like that. But um, yes, yeah, everything's quiet. But yeah. I've also heard people saying that the club, obviously, we know how they do it. They operate now. Like whispers, they keep it under wraps until as late, as late as possible. Like even, you know, the media people, Tim Spears, they ain't got a clue either. So in terms of blooding youngsters and using the Europa League to do that, Harry, obviously, we know that squad is is capable of competing in the Premier League and obviously those first European ties will be outside of Premier League action anyway. Do you think Nuno maybe sees something in those youngsters that he wants to blood in that competition? Because like we said, I mean, they're no great shakes. Yeah, exactly. will be 36. Yeah, maybe. Because obviously, like I keep saying, we've got that big China tour. We come back, we'll be straight into that home game. I mean, let's be honest, Crusaders all B36, their level must be really low with their grounds and obviously no one's ever heard of them. So if some players aren't fully fit, you know, throughout the preseason, it might be a bit earlier for them to be competitive. Throw in a few of the youngsters, give them a chance and mix it up a bit. But do that and if something goes wrong, then obviously Nuno's going to be bloody, you know, ruin ruin that decision. So we'll see what he does. We'll see what he does. It'd be interesting to see what happens. Do you think uh, there would be a, a... Second goalkeeper on the cards, Jack, because we were talking about John Ruddy towards the end of the last season and obviously following on from the FA Cup semi-final. Is he a good 
safe pair of hands to have in that position or do you need better competition for Rue Patricio? No, I've said previously, I think as a number two, John Ruddy is is more than capable. And I think if you look at the positions that we should be looking to strengthen, goalkeeper is quite far down that list, to be honest. I think we're perfectly fine. Do we think though that John Ruddy will feature in these Europa League games? Will he be the cup keeper for those ones uh, or is it just chance. domestic cup i think he'll be the i think he'll be the league cup in the fa cup keeper i think rui because rui's a big player and he big star player he's got a lot of experience in europe i think he'll keep the place in the europa league in my opinion not to undermine them though but i don't think any of the teams that we're going to come up with in this round is going to trouble the likes of patricio jota and jimenez i think we can probably afford to pay a bit of a second string like we would in an early carlin cup round or whatever it's now called um, <laughs> get knocked out by Morecambe here. <laughs> yeah but this is the, I mean this you know the team from Northern Ireland are literally going to be the postman the butcher and the whatever you know their nickname is the hatchet man Harry Rafael Camacho has been linked with Wolves today the uh, Liverpool youngster I think £5 million by the looks of things will be enough to secure his services but I think Sporting are in from two would that be a good sign in 19 years old what do you um, well I'll be honest I don't know too much about him but if he was that good would Liverpool want to sell him do you know what I mean wouldn't they just no. want to, wouldn't they want to loan him out instead so but obviously the scouting team if they see something in him take a bit of a gamble and obviously if he is really good we're going to make tons of money on it in the future aren't we if we do sell him on or something like that so trust the scouting team but for me if Liverpool are willing to sell him for just 5 million when he's 19 I can't yeah. see him being like an absolute killer when you think of someone like uh, Martial at 19 was yeah. costing Man United 30 million quid, obviously. Um, talented youngsters have a price, don't they? Um, so it's been a quiet transfer window. There's not really much we can do about that, I suppose. But if we do some predictions thus far of where we think we're going to finish this season, maybe how the Europa League campaign is going to impact on that too. Jack, I'll start with you. I guess it's building on a seventh place finish and that's either finishing seventh or higher. Yeah, I suppose just off that uh, briefly, we can talk about the fixtures, the Premier League fixtures rather than Europa course, League yeah. fixtures and how they sort of panned out. Obviously, we uh, got Leicester, Leicester away first, followed by Man United at home, which, you know, obviously, given how last season went, we'd look at those both thinking, you know, we can get points from both those games. But at the same time, tough start, tough start, really. Mm. What what were the other big fixtures that jumped out? Um, uh, Man City and Liverpool, Man City, Liverpool over Christmas. That's it. That's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, away, uh, no, home to Man City then straight away, two days later away at Liverpool. So that'd be a very tough uh, run. It's strange, isn't it? Because I think, was it Aaron pointed out that we play Man City twice before we play Liverpool once? Or yeah, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. weird because usually the fixtures, they, they sort of flip like in January, don't they? Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, but I don't know what's changed there this season. But... Yeah, I've said it before, I'm a bit worried about fixture congestion and the uh, the size of our squad currently as it stands. And I just hope that we don't end up just throwing away this Europa League campaign to focus on the league too much just because we haven't recruited well, which, you know, it's still very early to get worried. And I'm not with the, the crowds of Wolves fans who are currently panicking about everything. But if you look at progress, you've got to think now, particularly... We've finished seventh last season. So for me, at least seventh has to be the target. So seventh place is is now the equivalent of just, you know, on a, a, a par season for me, if you want to always be improving. Mm-hmm. If you look at the top six, particularly with the state of, you know, Manchester United and, you know, transfer embargoes potentially for Chelsea, that top six is, you know, is gettable, particularly with our record against the top six. And we'd have been in there last season if we could beat the, the bottom six. So that's got to be 
that's got to be the target. The target is seventh, and then hopefully push the top six as far as we can, as we can again, whilst having an all right Europa League campaign. I know I'm not asking for much, but that, <laughs> that needs that needs to be the expectation now. And if we recruit well again, it it could happen. But what do you think will happen, Jack? Come on, put your neck on the line. What do I think will happen? I think my worry at the back of my mind is that we'll start the season with too small a squad. The China trip is looks like a massive inconvenience for me yeah. now. I'd like it to be cancelled altogether because I don't want us flying around Asia, then back and have to play competitive football. Even though it's against low, lower league or you know inferior opposition, it's still competitive football. To have to then come back and play three, potentially two-legged European ties before the rest of the other teams have even played in Europe. And I think it could have its toll like it did on Burnley last season and we end up, you know, we'll still be fine, but I think we could slip a few places and finish, you know, mid-table in 10th or 11th place and, um, you know, go out at the group stage of the Europa League. Okay, yeah, that's quite interesting. Harry, for you, in terms of a league position, league finish, where are you aiming for? Yeah, I agree with what Jack said. I think we should be pushing for top seven because we've all got to progress and improve, but I generally think we're going to finish about 11th next year. I think because of the Europa League and all the games that are going to be coming and second season syndrome and all that. I hope I'm wrong, but that's where I think it'll happen. I think we'll finish about 11th. I do think we'll make the group stage of the Europa League and maybe get knocked out in the early knockouts. And in the League Cup and the FA Cup, I feel like we might get knocked out early in both of those. So yeah, a bit of a downer from me, but I hope I'm wrong. I hope we're getting some good players and I hope we have like a absolutely smashing season and do, you know, like do what we did last year and play above expectation. Bayliss, Jack mentioned the Chelsea transfer ban and obviously Manchester United aren't firing on, on all cylinders. So then sixth looks like a possibility. But then you take into account someone like Newcastle even with a potential takeover with an extremely rich uh, billionaire. And all of a sudden you're sort of opening up that mini league with extra teams in it aside from your Leicesters and your Evertons. Well, that hasn't happened at Newcastle yet. So it's, it's getting a bit too close to the start of the season for them to start recruiting a whole new squad and start challenging, I think. I don't think we're going to do as well as we did. Um, it's a better league this year, I feel. I think the teams that have come up are better teams. And there's not going to be a Fulham castaway, maybe Sheffield United, but I think they're going to be stronger than we think. I would say 12th, 13th, which is there's nothing wrong with. Fair enough, we want to finish higher, but it's just about stabilising again. Have a nice run in one of the Cups, be that the Europa, that'd be great, or one of the others. I think this is about not getting drawn into that second season syndrome, beat the teams we should beat, lose the teams we should lose to, recruit a few more players, build the squad, learn how to play European football and look to go again the season after. I'm going to be extremely optimistic. Yeah, I'm going to be extremely it's a bit optimistic. Negative, I'm going to say um, that it's going to be... I'll give you the top four, which will be uh, Liverpool win the league. I think City will come second. I think Manchester United will come third and I think we'll beat Chelsea on the last game of the season to make it into that last Champions League spot. So there you go. There's my prediction. Uh, let's move on to players though, Jack. So obviously we don't really know what's going on in terms of transfer window. It's been a very, very quiet one, but this is an opportunity for players to have another brilliant season or for some to step up in that squad at the moment. Is there going to be a standout player of the season for you? Oh, it's difficult to answer this, obviously, because we don't know about properly the ins and outs. And we might need to ask this question probably again in a month's time or so. But at the moment, you've got to look, you can look straight away at the players that made the difference last season. So if you're looking for a player of the season, 
I'd say could potentially, you know, Jimenez was close last year, but he could he could pull through again. So potentially Jimenez, more of a surprise package. Hopefully the likes of Ruben Fanagra might be able to feature more and more, particularly shine in those extra European games, which I think will suit him down to the ground, particularly against mm. some of those lesser teams, particularly with the style of football they're going to play. You know, he might be his, his chance to shine and, and get valuable, valuable competitive minutes against good opposition on a Thursday night could, could be invaluable to his development. Harry, is there one for you? Yeah, I think well, the obvious answer for me is Jota. If he picks up where he left off, he was flying, wasn't he? I think he will potentially be our player of the season. And Just because we were a bit negative our predictions there, I do think if we make the right signings in the next few weeks, I'm just going off right now. But if we do make the good signings, our squad gets a little bit bigger, I can see us getting up to the top seven and that. Because we were very negative then, weren't we? It's a bit worrying. <laughs> but yeah, Jota, I'll definitely agree with Jack about Vanagre. He could be the... Uh, unsung hero I could see him getting Johnny's place and maybe Johnny's switching to right wing back throughout the season because um, he's a brilliant player I don't think it's negative I think it's more that we are that good now compared to how we were we just don't want to jinx it yeah yeah <laughs> it's more glass half full of <laughs> well yeah so um, how, Bayliss is there going to be the, the same Jotters the Jimenezes or is there one of those maybe those youth players or those fringe players that's going to step up I think Neves is really going to establish himself he showed moments of absolute brilliance where he controlled games and then some games where he didn't disappear, but he was quiet. I think he's going to become a lot more consistent and show us how good he really is. Do you think for the first time it will be the third season that we might beat bottom of the league? <laughs> uh, um, if it's the Villa, I'll be absolutely delighted. So. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it'll be Villa, absolutely. Um, so we've got players that we think make a difference. Do, do you think there's a player that is not going to make a difference. Someone that has maybe been on the outskirts or maybe under threat for not keeping his place this season, Jack. Hmm. Matt Doherty, I think maybe, you know, he's had a fantastic season, but has he got the staying it's power really, to do it again? It's really, really difficult to, to try and pick someone out of that squad that's just done so well and taken us so far that could potentially have their place up for grabs. But I suppose when you think if we are going to strengthen there's going to be a lot of players looking sort of over their over their shoulder, thinking about you know can this person potentially potentially take my place? So yeah, it's it's difficult. Do, uh, Doherty, I, oh, I don't know. You put me on the you put me on the spot, Harry. I probably put I probably yeah I probably put a negative spin on that. What I mean is that who's going to be looking over their shoulder? Not that anyone's going to have a bad campaign, but who like your Dohertys, like your Codys, who's got not not so much Doherty, but especially Cody, who hasn't got that player nipping at his heels mm. because he hasn't got anyone else in that Cody sweeper needs position. Competition, but he's needed competition for a while because if something happened to Cody, I don't think there's any player who's got the, not just, you know, now the defensive mind, but the distribution that Cody's got to be able to play in that role and have the ball and every sort of movement and every attack basically starting the back through him and always being that open option and that last man tracking back. So he needs competition, definitely. Whether we can bring in somebody who's better than that, I, I don't know. And then you look at all those people, yeah, maybe... Doherty and Bennett potentially you could look and try and bring in more competition for, for their positions but it's, it's you know it's really really harsh and you've got you've actually got to start thinking though Martino's had such a brilliant season and been our best player that you need to bring in another player that's going to compete in his position and hopefully take his place in a year or two's time when he moves on these are players that when we say competition they need to be if someone is not performing they will have a run of 10 mm. games in a team and they'll make a difference you don't want someone just pushing someone that little bit extra in training do you Harry? Uh, yeah, I get what you're saying there, but if you just think of non-starters, right, 
the people like Traore and say if Cav, Cav stays, obviously it looks like Costa's going, but say if Cav stays, Traore, maybe even Gibbs White, will people like those? I reckon it's like last chance for Saloon, isn't it, for like Traore and Cav? So will they, you know, disappoint and then just dwindle out and end up going in January or something like that? So I think it's big seasons for people like them. But in terms of starters, Bennett, if he starts, but we don't know if another defender's going to come in because obviously he was in and out with Sace, wasn't he? So... Yeah, people like that. I agree with what you're saying about Cody. He does need someone to come in, but who? who is there? Who can do what he does? You know what I mean? Sace has been a bit of a forgotten man because the games he did play, I thought he oh. performed really well. Sace is invaluable. Yeah. And in fact, he's just such a utility player. So you've got yeah. to keep you've got to keep yeah. him in the squad just, be, just because of that. Definitely, I think. Okay, perfect. Right, well, we will move on then to the 77 Club quiz. Magic mirror on the wall. Who's got the smallest of them all? Is it big enough to impress the ladies, or will they feel intimidated by the bloke at the urinals? His is massive, apparently. We're talking about IQs. Get your heads out of the gutter, filthy animals. It's time for the 77 Club Quiz. Yeah, so as we heard earlier in the podcast, Harry's geography was a bit <laughs> iffy. Oh, so, wow. uh, the league teams are where they are. <laughs> yeah, it is indeed. Oh, no. oh my God. No, uh, Harry, don't worry. You've got it in the bag. I'm absolutely crap at just I might as well just go now, lads. So, shall we have an order, please? I'll go first. I'll go second then. Genuinely don't want to do this. Okay, well, that, that means there's no messing around because the, the answers are all in order. So, right. Jack, we've got some really easy ones to start with. So, if you can't get these, oh, then go help us. Well, bloody don't give Jack them, then. Jack, in what country would you find Espanol? Espanol. Sam. Hello. Can you, unlike Harry, tell me what country Roma are from? (laughs) Uh, Roma are from Italy. Very good. (laughs) I'd like to take the money, Chris. (laughs) Harry. Uh, Locomotive uh, waka 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 waka. Just about to do that as well. Harry, can you please tell me what country Eintracht Frankfurt are from? I think it's Germany. Yeah. Very good. Clean sweep. Clean sweep first round. Very good, chaps. They do get a little bit harder as they go on. The next set oh. are sort of teams that you either should have heard of or places that you might know. Jack, where do Partizan play their football? Oh, that's a toughie. I discussed it. I think I know. Partisan Belgrade. Which is in? Belgrade is in Serbia. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Sam, can you tell me where Lecce Gdansk play? Oh, you should get that. I was genuinely about to say it's somewhere in Europe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It could be in Kazakhstan. (laughs) That's true. Dance. You should get that. Um, I will go for um, Switzerland. Poland, it is. Where the final no. is? It's in Poland, and the final is in Gdansk. I know Poland. Gdansk, mate. Jack does have a Polish girlfriend, so it has the the, the order has gone quite well here. And if you're listening, someone's on their way to you now. <laughs> <laughs> Harry. Mm-hmm. Can you please tell me where Maccabee Haifa play their football? Fucking hell. He was a good player, wasn't he, Maccabee? Uh, Maccabee. I'm going to go with Ukraine. Is it Israel? It is Israel. Damn it. Oh. <laughs> they now get difficult. Jack, 
Where do Locomotive Plovdiv play oh, their games? God, Bulgaria. Very good. <laughs> oh, fair play. Is the second largest city in Bulgaria. Sam, where would you find mold other than behind your foreskin? <laughs> <laughs> My cousin had a friend that didn't know that you could wash, well, you had oh, to wash behind God. it. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. I mean, he says friend. Terry Lee Duncan. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's in Norway. It is in Norway. Yes, way. Harry, mm. what country would you find the football club Cliftonville? Cliftonville. Um, that is in Holland. Cliftonville. <laughs> <laughs> it's Wales, isn't it? What are your two Ireland, guesses out of interest? I thought it was Wales. I'd have gone Ireland. I wouldn't have taken your answer, Sam. It's I'll go Northern Ireland then. Northern Irish. <laughs> ah, close. All right. It is still all to play for. Both ends of the table. Jack's on three. Sam's on two. Harry's on one. These are absolute stinkers if you get them. Fair play. Jack, where do Europa play? Ooh. Ooh. Are they, they the Gibraltar team? Gibraltar. Oh, <laughs> Clean sweep. Jack, brilliant. Sam, get this, and you stick Harry out of it. What country? <laughs> that well, they're saying. Would you, yeah, would you find? He's stuck in right out. I was trying to work out how to pronounce it. Uh, can you tell me where the team Gabala or Gabala play their football? Gabala. Some mad names, mm. isn't there? I'll go with Afghanistan. <laughs> Fucking Europe. <laughs> How is that Europe? Well, That's actually, yeah, but you know they have European teams. Than he is with England because they are from <laughs> Azerbaijan. Oh. oh, right, right. Harry, you can go level with Sam and to a tiebreaker. Oh, oh what's no the tiebreaker? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But can you please tell me where Kilmarnock? No, sorry, sorry. <laughs> FKZ. Look at his little face. Then. <laughs> <laughs> You please tell me where FK Zeta play their football. I'm gonna tell. Okay. I'm gonna guess that you don't even know this country exists. Okay, so I was gonna. I can't go big then. Uh, I'm gonna go for a really random one. Yeah, that's what I do. Basbekistan. No. Can I have a guess? Can I have a guess? It's France. Is that a place? I just Can made that up. It's France. No, no, no. Oh. It's nice, 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 nice. They are from Montenegro. Yeah, go Oh, ah. I've heard of Montenegro. But that is your quiz. Jack, clean sweep. Sam, two, Harry, one. Okay. Now, there's going to be a new quiz format, and it is a brainchild of mine, and I may well copyright it. It will be called Level Up, and the guys actually don't know anything about it yet. So the idea is that we'll actually invite listeners on to play. So the first three weeks, well, potentially four weeks of the podcast will be um, Harry, Jack, or Bayliss, playing level up and essentially what you do is you have 10 questions if you get one right you level up if you get one wrong you level down you can pass a question you can stay where you are the science behind that is that you could get seven right and be on seven if you've passed on your three however if you've lost and got your answers wrong on the three you could go down to four so at the end of the season we'll end up with a, some sort of leaderboard mm-hmm. and we'll sort out so some sort of basically prize what's happened here is you formatted a quiz that is more complicated than the Europa League draw. Cheers. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Perfect. Well, your pundits this week were Harry Mansell, 
Thank you very much. Jack Williams. Thanks, everybody. And should we just say, when are we going to be back properly? Do we have a schedule? I think the, before the week before the week before the Europa first, League. Yeah. Week before yeah. the Europa League. So good luck yeah. finding the away perspective from someone in Northern Ireland, Sam. <laughs> Get Colin Murray on. <laughs> to be fair, I fancy my chances better than somewhere in Norway. <laughs> so uh, and uh, and Dan Bayless. Yeah. Goodbye, Wolves fans. See you all in Belfast or the Faroe Islands, wherever it is. Or Bolton. Good game. The Seventy Seven Club. The Wolves Podcast for the Gold and Black Army. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.